0: guys today we're going to be talking about hemp with Harold Jarbo, vice president of Tennessee Homegrown which is a sold to shelf company in Tennessee that specializes in hemp extract or high CBD products oh very cool okay
1: so what are what are some of the you know I know you can't go strictly but some of these people some people are getting a lot of health benefits out of these things right
0: Right now, hemp extract or high CBD full spectrum products are probably one of the hotter uh, drugs or substances in holistic medicine. And it's also started to uh, kind of permeate itself into mainstream medicine simply the fact that so many people have been evidently helped by CBD. Um, the the thing that really started this whole thing was uh, several years ago. It was a little girl, believe it or not, from Tennessee, named Charlotte. And she was an epileptic. Okay. And uh, they were having horrible times, um, not to go too far down the road, but a lot of the medications given for uh, epilepsy are kind of gnarly, you know, barbiturate or whatever, because they're basically trying to th- slow down your brain waves because you're convulsing, you have too many brain waves. So these people, this couple were very, very frustrated and they had heard through the, the epilepsy uh, grapevine that there was some promising results in CBD. But at that time, there were no legal ways to get it in Tennessee. So this family actually moved to Colorado and then met a couple people out there who had a strain of cannabis that they named after Charlotte called Charlotte's Web. Hmm. And once this happened, because um, a lot of these conditions that uh, CBD or full spectrum CBD uh, has shown promise for are like little clubs. I mean, if your little girl's not spasming 14, 16 times, that gets spread around to other parents. And that's what basically happens. Was that there were parents now realizing that they were either getting rid of, of the episodes where they were having convulsions or it greatly slowed down the amount and severity of them it got around?
1: Hmm. Okay. So there is somewhat, I mean, I've uh, seen the videos where, you know, they'll, they'll give the salve or something to a child and.
0: Yeah, it's pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was so advantageous or attractive to parents was is that there were not the side effects that there was with traditional uh, medicines for epilepsy. Once people started getting in and started looking at it, then other, other aspects of what it could treat started coming up. Um, people were pretty aware that ca- uh, um, cannabinoids were helping with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another aspect. that went down. So you all of a sudden you start having these these people that were self medicating.
1: Now, what's it said to do about cancer? When-
0: well, it seems it seems to in some people really does arrest the development of cancer cells. I mean, it actually goes in there and slows it down. Uh, and because of that, once again, you know. It, you know like my wife is a cancer survivor and one of her little sayings is cancer is a club anybody can join but nobody wants to and it really is a club mm. in fact i call them her c buds and so once there were people starting to hear about that people were starting to medicate i'm i'm not familiar if you're familiar with rick simpson oil rick simpson though, no. josh you know what? rso
2: uh, yeah, and that's more, if, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that more uh, THC-based as well? Or it's like high CBD but low THC or something? Well,
0: it can, RSO can be anything. Oh, okay. RSO is the way you make it. You can take cannabis flowers If they're high THC cannabis flower, it'll be high THC RSO. Okay. And you can do the same with high CBD. Because, like I said, you have to understand that four or five years ago, there was not an industry. So if you wanted these products, you had to find word of mouth who had it, or you had to make them yourself. Mm. RSO was the first recipe that Rick Simpson, he did a group of videos that he put on YouTube to where all of a sudden you could make your own. And that's what happened. And that spawned it. So basically the whole RSO thing spawned the industry. And in what RSO stands for? Rick Simpson Oil. Rick Simpson Oil. Because that was the first extracts that anybody could get a hold of readily. Mm. Well, they were rather crude. And also at that time, there was no real testing. That You know, I mean, you have to realize that five, six years ago, if you wanted a lab that could test for CBD, there might have been 10, 15, 20 in the whole country. Now, almost any cannabis laboratory has established their protocols for testing for CBD. So this industry, which grew by word of mouth. And then the next little step on this whole thing was, is that people realized that uh, because most of the CBD at that time was coming off high CBD varieties of cannabis that really weren't technically hemp. They were just a cannabis that had an inverted cannabis profile, meaning that instead of being high in THC, they were high in CBD. Once somebody figured out that uh, that CBD was present, although in small amounts in industrial hemp, boom. All of a sudden now people started trying to uh, process it in Europe because Europe was pretty well the only place that was growing large scale that you could go and you could extract so it wasn't as like dogmatic there are they dogmatic in what respects like
1: did that didn't have the you said it's always been kind of part of counterculture like well, did well Europe not
0: have those things what it was is it <laughs> sort of but the whole problem was is once again all of a sudden you had a demand for a product and no infrastructure i mean <laughs> the first years you four or five years ago if you wanted to get this product you ordered it online which was made of a, and it always came from rather dubious origins it was either some kind of semi-smuggled in from europe or it was a, the the chinese were starting to get into it as well mm-hmm. so the prices were just exorbitant for a gram of cbd six seven years ago retail was 250 dollars wow <laughs> which what happened is the reason i got into this and a lot of other people got into it because we were already working in high thc with the compliancy cost and all this and the, the competition i mean because that's the thing about it is once that things got legalized medically or recreational the amount of people producing it just skyrocketed mm-hmm. it did so here we were in Washington State, which I was working with Columbia River Cannabis at the time. And we're beating our brains out uh, trying to get $50 a gram. And here all of a sudden was like 250 a gram. And so the big bunch of us, and you know I wasn't the first, but a big bunch of us that were in traditionally high THC went, wait a minute, I don't have to worry near as much about the government looking over my shoulder. I can sell it for more, and I don't have to have the compliancy cost. And so we gradually started moving into it, kind of think all naively, because we kind of assumed that all the receptivity there was to high THC would be there for high CBD, and it really wasn't because— What are, Okay, so what are the differences between those two? All right. Most of All right. One do, you, do you
1: know the difference between Yeah. Them? Okay. Yeah. I don't know
0: if everybody will. All right cannabis whether uh, um, let's put it this way all hemp is cannabis okay. all marijuana is cannabis but not all cannabis is hemp basically if you had to look at it as an analogy it's like dogs you can either have a Chihuahua or you can have a great Dane okay they totally have different characteristics and stuff so when you you're talking about CBD it's a not as nearly psychoactive compound that seems to work wonderfully for inflammation and a few other things. Okay. Um, almost everybody's first experience with cannabis is high THC. I mean, I didn't realize I liked high CBD cannabis because I'd never been exposed to it, which is the case for a lot of people. It's says you don't know about it, you didn't have access to it, it was not an option. So once people started looking into this, Uh, Colorado was the first place, you know, if you, if besides those few little pockets of medical, uh, cannabis or marijuana that was going on in Northern California, Jim Ringo and a few other people like that, almost all this was done in Colorado Hmm. because they already had a cannabis industry. So it was easier to plug in another variety of cannabis because that's what we were talking about. Everything that you did for high THC, as far as production is the exact same for for him so what's
1: the like what's keeping all this back here by back here everything cbd marijuana legalization
0: well they're all a different thing they are Um, for the longest time there has been this battle between thc and high cbd because in the earlier days in order to get legal hemp the hemp folks kind of threw THC under the bus by saying, Ooh, this is a bad bad stuff it you know, gets you high on all this whereas C B D is this totally benevolent compound <laughs> because they were uh, selling that. <laughs> yeah, right. And and also this is the thing about it is if you do THC has a tendency to to affect your short term memory. Um it makes you a little bit more or less inhibited. You know, you're gonna enjoy your music more. And this is THC? Like, yes, THC. Yeah, okay. Whereas CBD, it doesn't have as near profound effect. Although it affects you, it's not as profound. It's not gonna affect your short-term memory. Um, all of a sudden, you're not gonna, somebody tells a joke, you're not gonna break out in laughter. But what it does, it enables you to relax. And that's probably for a lot of the people who, dare I say, recreational CBD, they're taking it in the evening to take the edge off of a really tough day. And then if they're a, they're a parent, if their kid all of a sudden just decides to make a nosedive down the steps, they can still function enough to get that kid to the emergency room. Whereas if they had just done dabs, eh, going to the emergency room might not nearly be as an enjoyable situation.
1: So CBD has like healing properties, Joshua. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say like, in my experience, I've done both THC and CBD, and the CBD, uh, like THC is an actual, in my opinion, a high, you get, there's a lot of, you know, whereas CBD is more of kind of like just, I know you know what I mean, but like, As someone, that I don't know if you've ever done high CBD, but in my experience, it's always just more of a, like a, makes you kind of, it mellows you out, but it doesn't actually give me, like, what I would consider a high, so Mm -hmm. to speak.
1: Okay. So it's not, like, necessarily a body high or anything like that?
2: I I would say it's like a body sensation.
0: Yeah. The thing about it is it's amazing how many people that we found that like cannabis and the fact that the newer, especially... Not that there, you know, I always hate this when they always say, you know, the THCs are so much higher now and all this. But on some. Is that a myth? Well, THC, there has always been high THC products there. They just weren't prevalent. Yeah. Okay.
1: But there's no like, is there a? uh, i I've heard that argument too. So they say it's not the same stuff we smoked when we were kids. Yeah. Now this stuff is lethal.
0: So. (laughs) Yeah. Right (laughs) There's a lot of people that because of obligations in that love incorporating cannabis into the lifestyle and this is more conducive to that. In fact, we have a couple stores where they refer to our flower because there is high CBD flower, which a lot of people may not know. In some states, you can buy buds that look, just look, smell the exact same as a high THC flower. And yep. they refer to it as granny pot, and, and these are legal. It, uh, cannabis laws in the United States are a myriad of different laws. Okay, All right. sub, depends sub, where you're at. Yes, it's <laughs> funny. Like we we have products that we can grow and sell in Tennessee, that we cannot g- sell in certain states.
1: It seems that seems strange because I guess so. So you know, you have that whole states. I guess it's states rights, like right? They, they they can make their own laws on what to ban and regulate. But how much does can they have they proven anything that this makes a difference? Like they don't what, what do they have to limit these products? Like tangibly, is there any reason that they could show for example, you know, we just recently got the ability to purchase wine on Sundays. Like is the, or is there any actual data to back these things up or is this just simply people
0: who use it's, like antiquated laws. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is that there, if, if you based on science, we have never had a cannabis, any cannabis illegal in the first place, right? There has never right. been any science to back up the fact that THC is some sort of evil thing that will corrupt our youth. But it was nice. It sounded good in newspapers and movies and stuff like that. So here, all of a sudden, then you have the inherent we were. Wisdom of our elders, and it's not that people actually investigated our own. But if you grew up and you heard that marijuana was evil, unless you went out of your way to prove to yourself that it wasn't, then it was evil. And then when you then when you have CBD or industrial hemp, which looks, smells, tastes almost the exact same thing, there's going to be some people that are going to take that and go, oh, "Well, that it. must be evil as well." Mm. So it is it, is it true that the Constitution was drawn up on hemp? The first paper, yes, the first paper used for for the Constitution was so hemp it was paper. good enough for the founders. but Also, the first American flag by Betsy Ross was made out of hemp. My goodness! So, in fact, Washington, our beloved first president, was an avid grower of hemp, really? and it was the site type that would also get you high.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. So you, they did have. THC.
0: Well, people don't realize that THC, well, see, it wasn't THC because no one knew what the active comp, what they called uh, Indian hemp, which was what they termed, has been a part of the uh, pharmacology of the United States up until 1935. Really? Is that when it was out That was when the marijuana, in that period, was when the Marijuana Tax Act was implemented. There were certain Southern states before then who had made it illegal, mostly the Southern states, and it was part of an anti-immigration scare because one of the cultures that had embraced marijuana were Hispanics, i.e. marijuana, mm-hmm. which is the Spanish slang term for cannabis. Okay. So,
1: so it was propaganda. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: What you got? Oh, I was just going to say, that's what I. They actually, from what I understand, they wouldn't. Marijuana was actually not even a Hispanic or a Spanish slang. They actually just made it up to. I I don't know if this is true, but from what I understand, they made that up. Google. To like,
0: Hearst uh, adopted it like a son of a gun.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So now we're getting into like William Hearst, and so yes.
0: So this guy owned a paper mill. No, William Hearst was the largest owner of newspapers in the United States. Okay. And one of his little sayings was, "If it bleeds, it leads," <laughs> which was he was a sensationalist. He was a pro, in essence, sort of a pro. What does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, it was if it was sensationalistic? Oh, okay. He would do it. Got it. No, and if you sense. had a bunch of Hispanics getting high on marijuana and robbing somebody, then that was even better. <sighs> and
1: so, so it was a financial he, thing. He,
0: Hearst benefited greatly for telling these stories. Wow. And then, then you had aspiring politicians, as far as like Harry Anslinger who then saw this was a way to get a lot of lot of justification because Harry Anslinger had, was a head of a government department that basically up until that point was enforcing prohibition. Hmm. 1931, prohibition's go- gone, so now you've got to look around for something that you can justify your, your budget, and there was marijuana. And there it was. Okay. Yeah, and so there it went, and so Quickly, in succession, you had one state after another state that did these laws. Not like, once again, not based on any science, or b- not basically because of any public outcry.
1: Oh yeah, so not even,
0: not even actual. There was not thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in the streets saying, "Protect us from marijuana," because. By and large. I've never needed protection from anybody else (laughs) smoking marijuana. Because by and large, most of the population didn't know about it, didn't use it. Yeah,
2: I'm actually looking at the, the origin of the word right now. And yeah, from like 1840 to 1900, the word marijuana didn't even exist in American culture. They were using the term cannabis. That was the original term. And then between 1910... And 1920, uh, over 890,000 Mexicans uh, legally immigrated into the United States, seeking res- refuge from the wreckage of the Civil War. And then around the 1930s, the Great Depression hit. Everybody's trying to, you know, look who to blame. And there we. I mean, they were like, oh, the Enter Mexicans the...
0: and the jazz music, man. Like, yeah, I mean, at one time, yeah. marijuana called jazz cigarettes. Yeah. Okay. And the last thing you wanted was some your daughter and some jazz musician hooking up in some sort of city hotel. So enter and a the cloud, demo-
1: and a cloud of marijuana. Here comes the demagoguery. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so like, is do you, I mean, this kind of goes without saying with all that information though, but I guess you would say, do you think now that the slowdown on, obviously there's no evidence to keep it illegal. So do you think the slowdown is there so bigger companies can, do you think they're trying to get their hands into it before they fully legalize it, is that? No, no
0: I think what it is, is you have a lot of gutless politicians that are not gonna make any hard decisions until somebody puts a gun to their head. Okay. And invariably, that's what's happened. It's just a perfect example, not to go too much on Tennessee. Uh, our former lieutenant governor mm-hmm. uh, lady was staunchly anti-cannabis until her sister came down with cancer. Right went to Colorado, started getting cannabinoids, got cured, and all of a sudden there was this epiphany one morning. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe medical marijuana is not so bad.
1: Isn't that the way, though? Someone else has to experience it before?
0: Yeah, and, and so now, basically, uh, politicians are led where people want to go. And now, even in the more conservative states, evangelical Christians— Prove of medical marijuana right around the 70 percent rate and so that's what's basically happening this now, is
1: the ev- evangelical class? E- yes
0: so it's what 70 percent e- even 70 percent of evangelical christians believe in medical marijuana oh wow so what so th- the disconnect is between being like this are you going to be the first person to go out on the floor of your legislature and stand up and do a rousing? So they are r- gutless. So, yes, they, they are. They don't want to buck the table. They don't want to be the person. To- then, and then the second thing has to do with money. And this is what the sea change has been, is now there are enough of cannabis business with enough money that now they're contributing to politicians for the re-election, which has been why there has been so much movement in the last few years, when it comes to cannabis and laws, always follow the money. Interesting. And so now, just almost any state that has any sort of a cannabis business now has political action groups. So it is tax. F- so it's federally decriminalized? No. 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 no, okay. no. It's not federally decriminalized. No. There is still, federally, if you get down into the. It has no medicinal value, and is still technically federal illegal. And then with the new Farm Act, what the federal government kind of did was to kind of punt it, is that basically if you look through the whole thing, in the last couple pages it basically says, and whatever the state wants to do, the state can do. Mm. Hence why if you go into Idaho and you try to buy some of my products, there's a chance you might go to jail.
2: Yeah, actually, I actually have a question. So it does seem like, um in a lot of states they do allow low t- like it has to be i think below zero point three percent point three point three percent delta nine THC. thc uh now is that federal or is that like state by state that
0: is state by state gotcha okay and that's why i like i said believe it or not we can sell flour here illegally but if i wanted to go over into kentucky which is a hemp state and actually I had legal hemp before tennessee did it's illegal to buy flour. Mm.
2: That's why so weird. I can kind of understand that though, because now you get into murky waters when you have these buds that look like THC, or per- that are usually typically THC buds. It's, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it gets murky if a cop pulls you over and you have buds in your car. You know what I mean? I mean, there's been seizures where like, they've seized bunches of CBD flour and then they're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? It's the, not.
0: This isn't marijuana. Yeah. Wow, Which is strange because technically with the last farm bill, interstate transportation of hemp is legal. Yet that is superseded. And and your partner is correct. Mm -hmm. Just the other day uh, in South Carolina, a farmer in New York was sending stuff to Texas. It went through South Carolina going through a truck stop. And there was an enterprising young officer who opened it up and says, this is marijuana. Oh, so they seized it with the onus being for the person who owned it to prove it. Is that how it works?
1: No, I didn't well, think that's how it works. Work.
0: So so this, you know, some of the things that happened to go through and, and is this. And so it's it. And what's your name? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Josh. Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. Josh is correct for the, there. This has been the bane of law enforcement is the fact that. It looks, smells, and tastes, and the only way you can tell marijuana from hemp is a drug test. <sighs> Lord which, have mercy. Which is why here in Tennessee, basically the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation said N- no mas, and, and they've stopped trying to enforce it. So if you get pulled over with a b- bud and you've got any sort of paperwork stating that it's legal, you're going to get sent on your own way. Now, if you get pulled over and you have a, a trunk full of bricks, uh, they're probably going to take you in.
2: Yeah, I heard it's like under, if it looks like it's personal use or whatever, then they leave you be. Well,
1: I think they rescinded that. You'll have to check that. At okay. least in Tennessee, because they were using it, they they did. There was a clause that allowed officers to kind of, at their discretion, prosecute. Now, again, you might need to look us up, but... Um,
2: Oh, that's a di- that was a different thing. There, uh, there was at one point for personal use. I think it was like under a half ounce of THC weed. Uh, it was up to the officers' discretion on whether to prosecute or give you like a fifty dollars fine.
1: Right, but that that's, was re- that's completely different. But then they, then they, found, they rescinded it. But then they found that that on whole officers were uh, criminalizing black gentlemen yes. and people of well, color. At a fourth of the rate they were. So, then they rescinded it, right? Rescinded it. But this is a different.
0: What happened, though, is now once again money. Okay. All right. If you're going to. Because now we have literally thousands and thousands of people in Tennessee that are riding around with Bud. Mm -hmm. So, these people were getting pulled over. And what happened was is that the, the Bureau, TBI, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, their lab got backlogged. Basically, at this point, in order to get a lab test, it's four months behind. Then the other thing. So then that puts you the court dates back behind. A lot of people don't realize, but if a TBI pulls you over in Rutherford County, the state doesn't prosecute that. That county does. So now, all of a sudden, we started having pushbacks from district attorneys from counties that said, look, I only got so much money to do yeah. to do conviction. to prosecute so this right. isn't even worth our time to, right yeah and so what happened was and the first thing that started this was where the people were getting pulled over and they were saying no i'm i'm not doing a plea bargain you gotta i want a jury trial jury trials are expensive for the state yeah and so so that,
1: that's what everybody should do then so i
0: actually
2: have a question for you so you said it's uh, only for the tbi but i've never heard of the tbi pulling people over it's usually it's
0: a state TBI runs the uh, state highway patrol. Oh, okay. But is what is the uns- uh, auspices of, that's their little, their arm with guns is the state troopers.
2: Gotcha. So what about like if I get pulled over by Metro Nashville police, does that still count where I can still go to jail if I, you know, you know what I mean? Or?
0: All this has to do is that individual law enforcement Well, you don't officer. do that, Josh, so. But, like <laughs> that, but it's like this if you get pulled over by some because that's all it has to take (laughs) is someone to say i i I just know that that's weed and if they decide to be a hard ass about excuse my language and push it your butt's going into jail gotcha now granted and i do know this because we do have couriers a lot of people don't realize there's a courier industry in tennessee
1: what is a courier industry they get paid to deliver
0: people's hemp you want to buy a couple pounds in your store what Yes. This happens in Tennessee. Yeah, there's couriers. You people, you can call up and dial in a number, and they'll deliver whatever you want.
1: But this isn't a legal service.
0: Well, it's legal in the state of Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, it still day. exists. Yeah, <laughs>
2: for like low, of course, you know, very low THC can't be you right. Know, they're not delivering but weed to people. <laughs> yeah.
0: I knew a courier who got pulled over in uh, Williamson County with two pounds, going from, from the farmer, to a store. -hmm. And they now there were they didn't charge him because now they're they know if they charge it then to do a formal charge then there has to be an arraignment and the whole bit which all cost money, so they took his product, took all his little information and everything and sent him on his way. Two weeks later, after they did do a test, he went over and they had all his stuff nice and packaged for him to pick up, because you can't do anything. No, you can't destroy somebody else's lawful Probably. property. Plus there's the other bugaboo, which is the thing that has to do it is now increasingly cannabis companies have very good lawyers. So if you cause me to lose money Ooh. or downtime, <coughs> I will sue you. So now we now we're into the
1: where where citizens are basically paying for bad court cases. So at the end
0: of the day, no, well, but the, basically what it is. In the state of Tennessee, and they will not admit this overtly, we have decriminalized cannabis in the state. Just not on paper. It's not on not paper, paper. But yeah. if you get pulled over for less than a half ounce, and and they are they're not going to arrest you. Are most rural places like this? Once again, this has to do with in some places, they're more enlightened. Part of it all has to do with, okay, some counties, you, we have over 4,000 people licensed in the state of Tennessee to grow hemp. Mm-hmm. There are some states, there's a few hundred people. In some counties, there's a few hundred people. In those counties where there's a lot of being grown, sold, and transported, no, they're not, because you're not gonna start arresting farmers. There, that's just bad news. I mean, if you're in a place where your re- reelection might be 50 votes, you're not going around uh, arresting people that also may as well may contribute to your district attorney's reelection campaign. So, it has to do once again with money. In those areas where it's an integral part now of the economy, no, they're not hassling anybody. Hmm. Because it is an um, an industry that represents over a hundred million dollars in the state of Tennessee.
1: What was I guess we also have the dubious distinction that uh, w- w- was it in Tennessee or it might have been another Southern state where um, the police department like it was a new CBD oil shop and they raided there. Oh
2: yeah, it was in uh, Rutherford County. Yeah, that was, was that a, in like, Rutherford?
0: yeah. Well, that that's what. Sp- bird all this. It was called Operation Candy Crush. Mm -hmm. It was in February 2018. It's so embarrassing. They went and they rounded up 23 store owners and some employees. And this is what all started. But this was once again, like in the past when they arrested people, it was like, oh. No, Mm -hmm. this time there were really high-priced lawyers who showed up at the courthouse. And when I mean high priced, I mean some of the most prominent cannabis lawyers in the country. Because one of the people, that one of the products was called Hemp Bomb. And there's this gentleman by the name of Kite, that's his last name. He was their lawyer. Mm. And he came up in his little $1,000 suit and his $500 haircut. And he told them, I will sue you and I will hurt you. And so. So all this got dropped. So. Then they started slowed down and and then that same lawyer then went into the to down into court there and basically said this is a bogus law because they analyzed technically the law said anything under 0.3 THC Delta 9 was a legal product. But no one had ever really pushed it. So when it got pushed come to shove, then a judge, a state judge, made a ruling. He said, yes, this is the law, and you cannot do this. So that gets into the
1: – what is the precedent that was set? You might look it up that basically officers don't – I mean, they can have ignorance of the law. Right. So essentially they can have less a, less knowledge of the law than the citizens they – Yes. Supposed to, that is ridiculous. That's
2: what I was thinking, like especially like in more rural areas. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm worried about. They might, like, they might see the buds and be like, oh, this is definitely marijuana. You're going to jail. It's a
1: recipe for disaster <coughs> for a number of reasons. Yeah. But So what? what is that, though? The Supreme Court ruling? What is that? Can you pull that up?
2: I don't think it was a Supreme... Oh, we're we talking about... Oh, Probable we're,
1: cause. Yeah. No, there's a pr- Supreme Court ruling that basically um, stated that an officer can have an ignorance of the law in order to enforce it. That... the. What comes into play then, now, though, is, is that you don't have ignorance as a law as a citizen. So if you break a law that you yeah. aren't
0: aware of,
2: then that's not an excuse. But yeah, Supreme says ignorance of the law is an excuse if you're a cop. Right. That is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: But it gives, you know, it's like get out of jail free card for cops. That's. And, but We I need mean, to appeal yeah, that. Yeah. So. I think we digressed into this. So yeah, we, we did. Had, yeah. So we have this huge industry that is, that is evolving. And because of that, it is evolving. And, and you have to realize that legal cannabis in the United States, only if you, you don't count, even if you want to count medical, is only about 20 years old. Mm-hmm. How many industries, whether it was steel, oil, railroads, electricity, Banking, or whatever, in the first twenty years, was was a um, mature business, and so I don't know the answer to that. they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. And that's and that's so that's what we have is we have all these things that when the law of unintended con, unintended consequences, like banking, no one ever thought, oh my gosh, well this is going to cause problems if we don't federally that. Cannabis is still federally illegal, then how how do you have interstate banking? And, And then it all goes all down the line. Manufacturing, good manufacturing practices. You know, all this is going, and most of the laws that are being done are by people that if you want to get technical about it, really don't know anything about it. Because the industry professionals, by and large, Aren't be, are the aren't the people who are crafting laws?
1: So enter the thousand dollar lawyers. Yes, and they just eat lunch.
0: Oh. Well, but it, I mean it's <laughs> like this. Okay, let's say you have legislation pending because last year uh, there was a bunch of states that thought they were going to have medical marijuana for the first time. Well, when they got in there, and you know and the you know the thing about the devil and the detail was, okay, how do you cut up the baby? Here it is, and all of a sudden you're going to create an industry that might be $100 million. Who gets what? And so the legislatures didn't know. And the people who basically funded the lobbyists to go through, they all thought they had the lion's share. I mean, seriously, one of the things that slowed Maryland down, even two years after they had legal marijuana, was rich people suing each other to be able to have access to the market. So this is what's going on in Tennessee, Kentucky, and a host of other states is, okay, we do this, now how does it get divvied up? Mm. And then, as always, there are still groups that are trying to push and pressure that the little guy will be able to be represented. So how Solomon-like do you come in and implement a law that's fair to everybody? What do you think? It's going to be Darwinian business no matter what you do. Because for one thing, you can't guarantee that one of the little guys is good at business. You can't guarantee that access means that people have, will be able to do successful conversion to this, this industry. So it's going to have to go through growing pains, which has happened in Florida and a lot of the states. Out West, they had a established medical marijuana. So it was easier to kind of piggyback upon that existing system. When you go into someplace like Kentucky or Tennessee and you start implementing stuff, there is no history or tradition or state entities. It's like, okay, one of the big questions is in Tennessee is, okay, we have legal marijuana. Who, who oversees it? Which department? Agriculture?
1: I would say that makes Banking, sense to
0: me. Health, I mean, I think agriculture
1: would be. I mean, I mean, is that a horrible question?
0: But most <laughs> states, the people who control recreational medical marijuana, believe it or not, is little, their liquor control board.
1: Hmm. Well I, God?
2: I was like going to think like who, like you know, who controls the tobacco uh, in Tennessee, or you know what I mean? But who
0: does control tobacco in Tennessee? Has it has its own little entity. Oh. But then once again, tobacco. Is an industry in Tennessee that's over two hundred years old. Mm. So that's what I'm saying is you have this tradition of how they because the way they tax it. I mean that was the thing about tobacco is, is it anytime you buy a tobacco point there is a seal that you have to buy from the state of Tennessee that proves that you paid your taxes on it. Gotcha. So what do you, what would you recommend? Oh God. I, that's above my pay grade separate separate entity. What well, would you no, prefer? what do you think would work the best? Uh, probably the best would be a new a whole new department department entity yes that that they were dedicated to that and it wasn't a secondary little show I mean because that's the thing about it is if you give it to the agricultural department, they're overseeing how many other crops in this this state right Also,
1: I don't think you give it to alcohol.
0: <laughs> well, but alcohol is one of those things that because now there's a framework when you do alcohol of how you do the taxation, because this still boils down to a lot. What kind of tier of taxation will you have? My personal opinion is, is that there should be a two tiered as far as taxes. Anything that's truly medicinal, should not have any excessive taxes on it, right. whether it's CBD or THC. If you want to do recreational, then if you want to have a higher tax rate, then I would take that and put that under another tax rate. But th- the thing about it is, it all, to me, to make sense, has to be controlled by the same entity, That's whether it's high CBD or high THC, because as you know, and you know, Josh, there is no difference. In the plant, it's an arbitrary made-up oh, no, no, difference. No, I get that. So, and then, and then this is the other thing. If we're starting to talk about cutting-edge medicine, they're finding that some of the new compounds are, and actually breeding plants, they're like fifty percent THC, fifty percent CBD. Well, okay, is that a hemp or is that a, a wreck? Hemp. And,
2: I would consider it wreck because it's over 03
1: percent. Yeah, well, so technically,
0: but that but that's what I'm saying is when you start getting into this and like this is said,
1: like you said, it's all arbitrary. To me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get yeah, that too.
0: But the research, the actual research, is starting to lean more towards the the new. Let's put it this way, mm-hmm. the new thing is getting sparked, a lot of interest, and and we're doing re- and this is research at a university level, which is even happening here in Tennessee, is what do the ratios between the different cannabinoids have to do with how effective they are for different conditions? On some conditions, maybe a 20 to 1 ratio, 20 milligrams of CBD for 1 milligram THC might be adequate. Whereas they're finding on severe forms of carcinoma or cancer, that it seems that people are more receptive are is stuff that has way more THC in it.
1: But why is this stuff so
0: under-researched?
1: Is it, I mean, in my mind, and tell money. me... If, okay, it's money. Okay, so money. big
0: pharma stuff. Big pharma right now is researching the hell out of this because they're losing market share to a drug that they knew little or nothing about. Mm. And then also... United so if you c-
1: legitimize it, so how much do you think they're behind the lobbying against...
0: If any big companies are like any big companies, okay. you spend a huge amount of money to, to protect your investments. Hmm. But the other thing is- That is doesn't it, sound like free market to me, or the idea that. It's not. Cannabis has never been a free market no. in the United States, and it's way off from being a free market. But A lot this, of things are. Yeah. This is the other thing, though, that has changed in the last 20 years. As far as the research, the United States is no longer the epicenter for cannabis research. Israel is. Israel? What? Israel hmm. funds the government of Israel, funds the research. Really? Opened up all the doors.
1: Israel's the leader of this out of all the other countries in the world.
0: Have you ever heard of Raphael Meshulam? I have not. Dr. Doctor Ra- Raphael, or as we call him, was the first individual to go in and individually isolate all the compounds of cannabinoids. He, in essence, discovered THC. Hmm. University of Haifa in Israel. How long ago was this? 1963. He's still alive and still doing research. Really? He is. So the so Israelis were very, very proud of his breakthrough. And because of that, he's a considered a professor emeritus.
1: Is it, le- is it legal? In Medical
0: Israel? is. And uh, socially, very socially acceptable for cannabis use in Israel.
1: Even though it's, it might be illegal? Yes. Okay, so and no one cares.
0: It, basically, there's not a lot of enforcement. Hmm. So so this is the thing about it is, which is, I always find ironic is people say, well, we need to research it more. No, you just need to crack a book. The research is there. <laughs> and then when you think about it, quite possibly at this point, there may not be a more researched drug on the face of the planet <laughs> has cannabis.
1: Yeah, I think Josh has done his fair amount of research. What do you think, Josh?
2: I mean, I agree like the <laughs> the there's more re as far as like uh, quote unquote illicit drugs go. There's been more research on cannabis than supposed all the other quote unquote illicit drugs like, you know, LSD, mushrooms, MDMA, that kind of thing.
0: So and it's mm-hmm. been a part of man's pharmacology for going on 8,000 years. Yeah. So as far as you know, them coming out and finding all of a sudden, after 8,000 years, some sort of hidden menace in cannabis is probably not, pretty unlikely. Probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Hmm. And then by the sheer amount of people, if we do that 10% of the population in the United States on occasion does cannabis, we're talking about 33 million people. Hmm.
1: I think it's a lot higher than that.
0: <laughs> but that even on a conservative. Oh, okay. Thirty three million people. And if it really caused problems, there we probably would probably be it. resulting chaos. Right now, yeah. And so so that's you know, where we are. We're having a couple different industries all evolving and America is trying to feel its way into this nascent industry. Wow. Crazy. Well,
1: I appreciate you coming on and I think we've covered a lot of good information. Josh, you have anything else to add? No, actually, it's a really good discussion. Very so. informative, for sure. We appreciate and see,
0: now. There's a whole host of places where this can go.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a, it's really a very ones. diverse subject for sure.
0: Because that the the big thing to me mm. is the industry, because that's where all this is going. The, the you know, it's like making sausage or hot dogs or whatever all the little side deals and all the things that are gonna to have to be done to be able to bring this mainstream. And, and the greed, and yeah, especially when we go into, then we can go into how much money now is being invested in this country. Uh, it's just- Astronomical. Little, billions. <laughs> billions of dollars are now being invested in this country. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well,
1: thank you. This, is, this has been the
0: Old Farmer the old hemp farmer. The old hemp farmer. Harold Jarbo, vice yeah. president at Tennessee Homegrown, a sold to shelf company that's been around now, going on for four years. There you go. Well, we appreciate you coming and talking
1: to us. Thank you. Thanks.